Rodeo Time in the Dale Warehouse. We have in the house with a CEO of Mountain Ops, Mr. Trevor Farns. If you guys are interested in um, the story of a very successful company that um, is doing well today, then you're going to love this this story. And um, we also talk about some of the actual products, what they can do for you. And if you've got a journey that you're on health and fitness wise that uh, you're looking for good nutrition, then then Mountain Ops is the place for it. Go to mountainops.com and um, whatever you need, we've got it. So energy, um, sleep, we've got there's there's what are the what are all the different lines that you would say? How would you break up energy, the, sleep, it, hydration, everyday wellness and then a lot of great gear. Oh, yeah, and then the apparel. Yep. So check out Mountain Ops, and we're going to hear the story behind the brand, the story behind the founder, uh, Mr. Trevor Farns. Thank you for joining us. Pow, pow. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Rodeo Time, the podcast. It's a very special day. We have in the house with us uh, Mountain Ops. We've uh, been ranching and rodeoing all day. I have sitting with me the CEO, Mr. Trevor. How do you pronounce your last name? Farns. 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 Like Farns, but with an F. There you go. Trevor Farns, and he has come all the way from Utah, where Mountain Ops is headquartered. Correct. And you guys got the full ranching experience. How do you feel right now? <laughs> On a little bit of a high. You wake up, wake up early. We we spent some time in the gym together this morning, and then went out on the horses and. And uh, honestly, just uh, grateful for the opportunity. It's it's eye opening, and it's a great uh, great experience for our team to come and have with you. So what we did was we uh, well, thank you. Number one, we uh, Trevor reached out. He said he wanted his team to kind of experience Winnebago Radiator Ranch, mm -hmm. and so we gathered a set of cows, and um, we stripped the cows off the calves, and then we uh, we drug calves, did a little flanking. And if you watch any of our videos, then you guys out there have probably seen how, how that works. But these guys, not very much experience on a horse, very little. Yep. I mean, out in the middle of nowhere, gathering this pasture. How did you feel like that one that, you know, we were kind of stuck together at the beginning of the pasture. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go this way and you go that way. And you're kind of by yourself out in the middle. You of, weaned me off, huh? How did that, that feel? <laughs> Well, it felt like you had some confidence in me that I didn't have in myself at the time, but I, uh, you know, I, I, I went with it and had a, a rascal of a horse. What was the name again? I, bandito. Ben, ben, bandito. Yeah. And he was a bandito. He wanted to move every which direction and but that was kind of fun. And, uh, after, a after a bit, I felt pretty comfortable and it was a blast. We, we had a blast. We have, uh, our COO Nick Hanks here with us and, and Thad, our CMO and, and all of us, Thad's had a little bit more experience, but Nick and I only a few rides on the horses, and so that was quite the adventure. Yeah, looking back, I probably definitely should have put Thad on Bandito. I guess he's a little taller. Bandito is a, a tiny horse. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it worked out. So it's a simple pasture. It's yeah. one that we um, will take interns to, especially for their first first couple of times gathering because it's it's a it's the layout is pretty simple it's a square it's got a big hill running through it and the cows have been gathered a lot and uh so i'm able to teach um the interns like this is where you need to be and when 
this is how you you address the other cowboys. This is the etiquette behind it. This is what you do in these situations with cows. And uh, it, it's it's as much of a controlled environment as you can have for, for ranching and cowboying because sometimes it can get a little wild. Yeah, and I learned a bit about etiquette today. I mean, I had to get corrected a few times there, and and uh, but I appreciated the the construction, uh, the the constructive criticism, and the uh, the coaching there. That was good for us. Well, and really, I would be doing someone a disservice if I didn't just explain, like, yeah. hey, this is why we do this. This is why. And essentially, what he's talking about is, um, for those of you out there that have been ranching, you you might know of what's coming, but but some of you may not. It is technically considered rude to ask someone how many cows they have or how many acres they have. And um, it I would, didn't ask all the questions. I think it was yeah, shared amongst probably the Thad. <laughs> Thad. Mostly Thad. Mostly Thad. <laughs> Let's um, throw him under. <laughs> I I don't get frustrated, and usually anyone asked that don't get frustrated. Uh, like my traveling partner. Uh, Jeremy Melanson, whenever we were rodeoing together, I, he would, I heard him ask somebody, I was like, man, you're not supposed to ask that to people. And he was like, yes, you can. <laughs> He's like, why? I was like, it's just like me asking you how much you made last year after taxes. After taxes. It's the same thing, same conversation. And, uh, he was like, uh, he, so he asked a bunch of people at the rodeo and it was just like all 10 out of 10. He was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was a thing. Ticked everyone off. Huh? I said, yeah, I've been dating this girl. For three years, I still don't know how many cows her and her husband have. Okay, you know, because it's rude to ask. You know, what I'm <laughs> you know? Oh, that's hilarious. But for, um, for us, you have so much more than all of us have. So we, you know, we're looking at it thinking, I don't have a single cow. I don't, you know, right. I've, I've got maybe one acre, maybe yeah. where we're at. Right. So, uh, so what you have is is a lot more than what we have back at home. So yeah, sure. It's no, cur- it's, it's curious for us to. To know and to see how you guys live and to to see how vast you know your your property your opportunities and and all that are so well I love for some reason even before we were making videos about it like I've always been in a position where I was um, the guy that people reached out to and maybe every cowboys like this rodeo cowboys alike but. Um, in college and especially in college, I was always getting reached out to by people that wanted to learn how to ride bulls. And, um, so I've, I've just gotten in the the swing of it and now I get to do it through the intern program. And when you guys called, I was like, this is going to be a blast because I already had it set up, you know? Yep. And, um. And we had watched it on Netflix. I mean, we've been working for you for a little, not working for you. I, I would like an internship, please. <laughs> working with you for a little bit now. And, and uh, but after watching the net Netflix series with uh, my family and, and laughing our heads off and then hearing you on Cam Haynes, who is another one of our incredible ambassadors, you know, just kind of fell in love with your story and what you do and who you are and, what you're all about. And that's, that's when I reached out to you. That's when I got a, a little bit deeper glimpse into who Del Bresby is and, uh, knew we had to come out here and experience a day in the life of yes, sir. you. So you got to experience the ranching in the morning. We had lunch and then we bucked bulls afterwards. How nervous were you when your CMO was down in the chute about to get on a bull? I, I told him after Thad's been with us for about uh, nine months now. He's a great CMO. 
I want him around as our CMO for a long time. But I told him after, man, I was up there saying some prayers for you. <laughs> and uh, and he he had a good fall right off of it. If I could have guaranteed that's exactly how I was going to go off, I, I would have followed right behind. But there's just no guarantees, right? So I've got a family vacation next week. My wife said, you're, you're going on with us. So I kind of played it a little bit safe. But I was a bit nervous for him, but super excited. Um, being that close to all the actions, exciting for me. I've loved the PBR, loved the uh, NFR, going to those events, and uh, usually sitting there just, you know, taking in all that it is, and the animals especially. I love watching those bulls yeah. and, and the Bronx. And, and uh, so seeing him, you know, brave up and get on the back of one of those is pretty incredible. Yes, sir. Well, um, CEO of Mountain Ops, Let's hear your story. And usually I may have a more specific question to ask along with that. But really, I guess, like, how you want to tell it, like, as the mountain op story, how is it that you would tell the world that mm. story? Like, where would you start and, and, and uh, go from there? All right. Well, first and foremost, I am a husband and a father. And, uh, and I love my wife and my children. My wife and I actually a week ago celebrated our 20th anniversary and we were pretty young when we got married. She was 18, I was 21, and, and that's kind of how it's done there in Utah. So, um, And we started having kids right away. Our oldest is almost 19. And, uh, and so when we got married, you know, my responsibilities changed in life. I was all of a sudden uh, responsible to pr provide, preside, and protect over this new family that I, my wife and I had started to create. And uh, I was doing fairly well for a period of time and saved up enough money to where we wanted to go and invest in our own businesses. That was kind of always the goal, to start our own thing, run our own business, and experience that adventure of life. Um, and wasn't exactly sure what we we're going to do, but we, we were presented with a few opportunities and, and we bought into them. One of them was in real estate, one of them was in a, within a franchise, and uh, Within a few months, both of them were just failing. I mean, this is oh, 2007. Dang. Going into 2008, real estate was horrible. The franchise that we had bought into, um, we we opened up seven of them. And I, I should have started small. I should have scaled up, yeah. tried it with one, you know, put my toe in. But instead, we dove headfirst into this opportunity. Do you want to talk about more specifics of those two things? Is that... Um, like what, like what kind of real estate? Like uh, real estate, we bought a few properties that uh, that we were leasing out, that we were you know renovating and then leasing out, and then we bought uh, some land that we were going we were going to subdivide. Um, gotcha. And then uh, things just kind of kind of went downhill in the real estate market. Everything crashed. Right. The values were dropped. You know, and, and we were that was that was our first opportunity in real estate. And in two thousand seven, two thousand seven, <laughs> going into two thousand eight. You know what? I'd like to get into some real estate. Let's do this. You have know, you seen, have you seen fun with Dick and Jane? Yeah. Yep. At the very end, there's that one guy and he's kind of like, I don't, I don't know if antagonist is the, you know, but he's like the bad guy and it's whatever year it's in. He's uh -huh. like, Oh, what do you do? Well, I'm going to invest in a company called <laughs> Enron. Enron. <laughs> yep. I remember that. That's and they hilarious. all just kind of, Oh, good oh, luck. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that one. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. That's, I mean, our timing was perfect. I mean, we, the one yeah. thing that we had going for it, we had perfect timing for it to just crash around us. But yeah. Uh, and then we signed seven for those franchises, seven five-year guaranteed leases on the buildings that we, wow. and that was real estate, you know, for the spaces we were running these businesses out of. And uh, within a few months, that franchise got shut down. Had and and so with it, with it, we had to shut down for a period of time. And I just didn't have the cash flow to keep it going. Yeah. So it it 
didn't necessarily have anything to do with anything you had didn't done. have anything to do with us it was literally within about three months of opening up and, and it and it had to get shut down I won't get into the specifics there because there's there's just too long of a story there and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus that way I I chose to write that check I understand there was some things out of our control but I could have I could have written the check for one store and it yeah, would have hurt a lot less but honestly some of those those pains became our biggest purpose in life they we learned so much as a couple um and we didn't give up. And I, I've got an incredible wife who didn't give up on, on me. When I thought I was failing, I, you know, I couldn't provide. We were hungry. We weren't starving. But we struggled to provide food for our kids. And food was kind of always on the top of mind. What, were, what would we give them to eat? The cupboard was bare often. We started diving into food stores that we had saved up. And that wasn't fun. I mean, we were cracking our own wheat, which was good to learn that skill to make things last longer. But it didn't settle well on the bellies. And uh and so often we'd get groceries dropped, dropped off at our doorstep or, you know, different, different ways that people helped us with food. And there was definitely some food insecurities at the time. And it was through that that we realized there was a lot of people around us struggling with a similar thing, especially during 2008. A lot of businesses were struggling and people's investments weren't going well. And so we found that it wasn't just us. And in our neighborhood where we live in Utah, it, was one in, it still is one in four kids that go home every day from school without enough food in the pantry. And that was kind of a, a startling statistic uh, for me. I didn't know that. But now I did through personal experience. I understood a need that uh, that existed right in my own backyard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we can get into it in a bit. But we've used that knowledge and that experience, that perspective, those new eyes to see to, to actually do something about it. At Mountain Ops, we, we do quite a bit to feed the hungry. And it's because of those experiences that we had that... Uh, had we not been there, we wouldn't be here doing what we're doing now, you know, mm-hmm. so it definitely opened up our eyes. So went through a bunch of business failures for a handful of years. Um, and I was, they were just all kind of transactional, nothing really serious, nothing. I'm a very purpose driven, mission driven, uh, individual. And those, uh, those businesses that I was trying to transact on were, you know, it was just trying to get a little bit of revenue in for my family. That was it. And so there wasn't a lot of purpose behind them. Um, but as I shared with you and your, you, you and your team and your family last night, um, there was, there was a time I I was introduced to a book called no more heart disease. And that's kind of where my product development uh, mind started going was, uh, I read this book, talked all about heart disease and we have a history of it in my family. And I know you do as well. And so my dad had just had a few stints put in his heart, couldn't feel his fingers and toes. And I read this book that talked about ingredients you could use to increase blood flow to allow for more, you know, feeling in in the extremities and to help with neuropathy, pain and numbness. And so I took that book to a chemist and asked him to dive into it with me and figure out a concoction we could put my dad on. And, and he did. And within a few days, he started to feel the fingers and toes again. And he, you know, there was a little bit of sensation. And then ultimately it started to come back. Um, His cardiologist said that he would have open heart surgery within five years and it's been 13 years now he's been on that product, which is known as Enduro at Mountain Ops. And, and that was kind of my start into supplementation. It all started with the heart, with my father. Now I had purpose. Now I had mission and something to really go after because, you know, I had both grandfathers died of either heart, heart attack or stroke. And my father was kind of right there on that, on, on that verge. And, and, you know, we wanted to pre- prevent it, my brothers and I. And so we found a product we could prevent it with or Maybe that's a little too, uh, too much of a claim, maybe, you know, help right. prevent if, if people could take it and see the benefit from, but, uh, that's what we did. And we started selling through doctor's offices. Yes, sir. We did that for a handful of years and then 
decided we needed some help with marketing design and, and such for that business. And, uh, Nick Hanks, who, who's here with us today, he's been with me six months into that process. Um, he joined me and came from Goldman Sachs, left a, an incredible job, took some risk. Um, you know, his father had a heart attack. He understood the product and the need and the, the benefit from it. And then, uh, we, we found a great partnership. And so we, we went, uh, just uh, full bore ahead with that product. But then we needed some help with the marketing and found through a group of guys that we ended up partnering with that there was an incredible opportunity within hunting and within the outdoors with a, a massive hunter-athlete movement that was happening at the time. And we had a handful of products that were benefiting a lot of people's lives. Uh, but now we, we found this new channel we could go after and a passionate group of individuals who loved what they did, you know, loved being in the outdoors. It was what they talked about, dreamt about, ate about everything, you know, right. and most of these hunters hunt seven to 10 days a year. Um, but they think about it and they prepare for it the rest of the time. And right. so we had a product now that could be a part of their lives every single day of the year and activate that passion of the hunter within them. Uh, it's crazy that, yeah, that, that like what percentage of the, of your time you spend hunting, but, but how much passion and thought people put into it throughout the year it's incredible one thing that i think is interesting you know you 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 went the franchise route you you tried to go the um the real estate route and those like those are like wise moves like you're trying to do something wise with your money you're trying to be proactive and uh you're you're taking risks and then you know those doors were closed you 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 weren't you you weren't going to give up but then this other direction that involved your dad and his health, it's almost like, you know, you're, you were self-aware enough it's like to, to, uh, to go in the direction that meant something to you. It's, you know, there, there was nothing wrong with those other directions that you went. Maybe the timing wasn't right, but that's just an interesting part of the story. Like it's like this other route had, gave you, you probably had a lot more passion and drive behind those than maybe the other two ventures. Uh, I don't know. That's just an tons observation. Tons of passion. No, I, I completely agree. A lot more passion. And when you are a passionate, mission-driven individual, you've really got to have that. And so if you don't, you're going you're gonna to find it one way or another. And you're going to either have divine delays that, that make you turn another direction or you're going to do it yourself. For me, it felt like there was just these divine things that kept happening that pointed me in the right direction and they took time. And I think sometimes that's where people give up and they, they, they fail or they just quit um, is because they don't put in enough time. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think you could, you could understand things take time. And I believe that a God who gives us the time we have gives us the right time, the, the time yes, we sir. need, you know. And I think all too often people just quit too quick um, and they prioritize things the wrong way. And so while it was taxing and it was hard and it was a struggle, like we tried to just have those eyes to see what God was trying to teach us along the way and how he was trying to, you know, route us in the right direction for things to line up. Because through some of those opportunities, I was introduced to people, even though those, those things failed, I was introduced to people that could help me get a supplement made and, and that type of thing. Yes, sir. And, uh, and it put me in a place where um, I really had to dig deep and my faith plays a big role in, in everything I do. And so you know, had things just come easy, I might have thought that it was something good I was doing, you know. And so, right. you know, finding those stumbling blocks or those mountains that I had to conquer turned me to a God who I believe guides and directs my my decisions and my direction and, and can for each of us. And so 
you know, when we started Mountain Ops, our number one core value was recognize God because I felt like he had, he had brought this all together. He yes, had sir. brought the right people into place. And, and that ultimately was, was huge for me as well. You know, I couldn't go at it alone. And I'm a, I'm a simple man, simple businessman, uh, a big heart. I want to help people uh, improve their lives, do good. Uh, but I need people around me and hopefully people need me around them so that we can do more together. One of our core values at Mountain Ops is interdependence, that we can do more together than we collectively than we could on our own. Yes, and that's been the case. We've got the most incredible team that's brought, you know, their individual talents and they, they play their own roles and responsibilities. And it's to the, to the, to the mission that we have to improve the lives of individuals and families in everything we do. And so, that's been the most incredible part for me is it takes time to assemble a team that's ready to go at something the way we have and the mission that we have. And so I've, you know, we've just trusted in God to help us over time, put things in place to where they are today. And there's still a long way to go. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so, um, one of my friends at American hats, Keith Mundy, he, he said, um, it's, you know, you pour water on a table and you just see where it goes. And I remember like whenever I was getting started, you know, I had a drive. I've always sold something like mm-hmm. even as a third, third grader, you know, like I go on a field trip. Um, like my first experience with sales, like I didn't, we didn't have a ton of money. Like we were hungry at times, but like we were going to eat eventually, yeah. you know, like we weren't bought, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole, we didn't, dang sure weren't at the top either. So anyways, like I went to this field trip, didn't have a lot of money for food. I had two or $3, but I had a bunch of yo-yos and ho- yo-yos were hot at the time. <laughs> and so went on this field trip, sold a bunch of yo-yos, had oil where I was oiling bearings on yo-yos wow. and, uh, sold them all, came back, had bought my lunch and had like, $18 or something, you know, like something silly, but, but, um, I've always been a salesman, but yeah, the way that I came about doing what I'm doing today was, you know, I don't want to say by accident, but it, we didn't plan it. Right. And kind of like what you're saying with these other failures, they led to you, um, meeting different people and in here, we're not here to talk about rodeo time, but I can I tell about you know, the decision tree that led us to where we are today was 100% being guided by God's hand, Yeah. you know, and, and the ways in which these different people came about, you know, even the interns that are here. And, uh, well, so I don't think it, I mean, look at the two of us sitting here and how our paths have gone down and yes, now sir. we're sitting here on this couch. We, you know, you taught me to ride a, a horse today and, and we did things that, you know, were new to us. And, yes, uh, but, had we not followed that path that God just laid out before us that we couldn't have expected, couldn't have predicted. Um, but it brings people into our lives that change our lives and that through those relationships, we can in turn change other people's lives. And again, that interdependence, we do things collectively, even as partnerships, not just, you know, teammates at mountain ops, but the partnerships that we have now have more power and influence to help others in need than we did before, not knowing each other, you know, yes, sir. So back to, um, so you, you got started, um, you had the, you had the, the obstacles, you get started with mountain ops. What year would you like officially say mountain ops was started? Mountain ops started in 2014 in July. So we're almost to our ninth year of business. Gotcha. Yep. And, uh, and like I said, it it came together with our original business with selling through doctor's offices and products that we had. And then 
partnering with a group of individuals who understood marketing and branding and our, our, our branding just kind of resonated super, super well within the hunting industry. And we had a unique voice and an authentic voice from hunters. But at the time I didn't hunt. I was brand new to it. I had a passion for fueling the passions of others with the products I was creating. Um, but I, I had never hunted. I was grew, grew up in the outdoors, but mainly biking and skiing and that type of thing and hiking and such. But, uh, I didn't understand the passion that was there until about a year into it when I decided to dive headfirst in. And, and since then, I've kind of become the pioneer of hunting in my family. One of the things that I loved about learning how to hunt was, you know, I'd just come off of this series of years of failures and events that caused our family to be hungry. And now I had a way to feed my family. I could oh, go out on cool. the mountain and I could harvest an animal and I could fill an entire freezer with, uh, with protein for my family. And we knew where it came from. We knew how it was processed. Yes, sir. Um, and now I started to feel like I was providing again, yes, which sir. was so important to me to feel. And now it was a new way. And that for me was, became the first initial, like, okay, this is, this is special to me. I'm going to go out. I'm going to learn it. Wasn't sure exactly how much I'd love it. Um, I took my father on his first hunt when he was 77 and he came away not necessarily loving it, but he said, I haven't fallen in love with hunting, but I've fallen in love with what hunting can do for relationships. And, um, so it was food. And then more importantly than anything, it's now, it's become a relationship builder for me and my family to be undistracted from the world, you know, cell phones off. We don't even have internet connection. And I've taken my wife and I've taken all four of my children on uh, many different hunts all around the world where we've been disconnected from the world for a period of time. And it's just time and attention focused on them, which is the most important thing for me. And then meeting people throughout the world. And just like this, where it's relationships for me that, that matter most, you know, and I just think it's incredible that brands and companies can create strong bonds between people who have similar core values, similar beliefs, and they're carrying forth a mission, um, uh, whatever it may be, but uh, I, I love that that's what business has done for me, mm -hmm. what hunting has done for me. Um, and so, yeah, we, we dove headfirst into hunting uh, with, with all of my family. My mom, even a couple years ago, 75 years old, took her on her first elk hunt and uh, the first bullet she's ever shot, and she got an incredible like 320 bull. Um, yeah, and uh, it worked out just perfect, but, uh, you, you know, it was definitely some divine intervention and some divine design in her hunt. But I, you know, that's what I love about hunting as well is getting out in the outdoors, recognizing all the beauty of creations, but then taking it back to the creator, you know, making sure that it, it's pointing us to him. Right. And so it's, it's been an awesome passion uh, for my family to now have in our family. Yes, sir. So in those nine years that you got that mountain ops has been rolling, um, what, experience it i mean have you had any setbacks and if you did like how did you draw from previous failures that kind of helped you work through those really uh, good question <laughs> yeah i mean usually there's it's it's the delays in life that i just feel like sometimes things don't go our way or they don't go as planned and i've just learned one of the most important things is like i've learned you just have patience work through it you've got to grit things out you've got to work through the tough times. You've got to conquer the mountains where a lot of people would just give up and back down the mountain, try to find a smaller one to climb. It just, that's not how life is. And once you get to the top of one mountain, you're going to find another, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think that's one of the more important uh, lessons. And then on top of that, it's, it's finding people that uh, have similar core values and beliefs that you can trust in 
that you can build a life around and that uh, you can work hand in hand to, to climb those mountains. We have a, uh, a statement we say at Mountain Ops all the time that they rise highest to lift as they go. And so it's, it's finding people that are willing to climb the mountain with you, put in the time, put in the attention and the grit that it takes. And they're lifting you along the way, and sometimes you're lifting them. Um, but I've just found that uh, life isn't always easy, and, uh, and that's okay. Um, and there's, you know, there's supposed to be things that we learn through that. Um, for example, we, you know, going through those tough times, we've utilized what we learned from being hungry to now feed the hungry. I've, uh, there's a quote I love that uh, you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. And that's what we're doing now at Mountain Ops. We're taking a portion of every order that comes through Mountain Ops and we're, we're donating, donating a meal to a child in need. And we've just hit about 4.4 million mills. We'll hit 5 million mills this year. And it's, um, it's because we've been there, we understood, we saw the need, we've, we've gained perspective and eyes to see. And, and I feel a stewardship to do something about that. I feel like God gave me experience to, to then use uh, and to not just uh, leave that as, yeah, that was a bad experience. That was really hard. Like, what were we supposed to see from that? If yes, God sir. truly is in the details, then what is the detail that he needed me to understand and my wife and I made a commitment to each other long ago when we were going through the hard times that as soon as we had a few loaves and a few fishes, we loved the stories of Jesus. We loved the miracles. And we just said to each other, as soon as there's a few loaves and a few fishes to work with, not when the boat comes in full and we're, we're set and we're ready and we're, you know, we're financially free. As soon as we had some resources to work with, we'd multiply them for the masses. But that took teamwork. That couldn't just be us. And, and honestly, it wasn't that we planned to multiply them for the masses to begin with. It was just like, He's given us a resource. Let's try to use the resource that's not ours, and let's let's try to share it and help others yes, enjoy sir. it. And then what's transpired has just been awe-inspiring to me to see a group of people so passionate, even our customer base, knowing that a portion of their order goes to feed a child in need. And we hold these events, and people gather, and we pack the meals that go out to these children. And every Friday, these packs go in backpacks as kids go home from school, Dang. and they have something to eat on the weekend. Even just in our own neighborhood, there's 3,600 of those that go home every Friday. And so now we've started to take that and multiply it throughout the country uh, with partners like Feeding America. But we also go and do our own events outside of, of Utah to help in other communities. And it's a small part of what we do, but it literally is the biggest part of who we are at Mountain Ops. You know, we're providing nutritional supplements and there's a lot of people that can afford them and they buy them. And that's awesome. They help us with this resource to provide for those that can't afford mm -hmm. to supplement for their nutrition. They, you, you know, they could never fathom that. Um, they're looking for a meal. And, uh, and then we fill a belly. We put food in, in, in a child, and it does so much more than put food in it. It inspires them. It, it hopefully removes a distraction that they have as they go to school each day, as they try to socialize. Right. And hopefully it's inspiring some hope and confidence in their future and their, their ability to grow uh, as the next generation. So it's crazy that enduro was such a um, important part of of Mountain Ops history. Just because, like that, that's one of the products I lean on the most. Like, especially doing as much running as I have yep. over the last year. Um, is it technically an energy drink? Does it, it definitely provides a natural energy, but it more so is, I would say, a cardiovascular and endurance product. So if you're right. doing running, you're going to see incredible results because it's it's dilating your blood vessels and arteries, allowing for more blood flow. Gotcha. Um, and that's great for oxygenation and, and just helps you okay. go further. So a lot of endurance athletes will use it. Gotcha. Because I, I was um, 
I would, I would take it first thing in the morning because you know, if I'm going to go on a long, long run, like sometimes I, I'd, I'd, I'd try to, because I like getting up really early. Yeah. So that means if I'm not careful, if I just start with caffeine at 4 a.m., that means by the end of the day yeah. I might have a lot. Well, anyways, like yeah. first thing I'm going <laughs> to do is run. And so like enduro is how I would start. And then I got to noticing whenever I was buying it that it wasn't in the same category as Ignite. Yeah. And I found that interesting. And then the more you explained it, the product makes sense to me. But um, I love it. And it's crazy that it means that much to you for that reason that um, it, it's one of my favorite. I feel like it's like a sleeper. Yeah. Like um, Because everybody, you know, really likes caffeine. Yeah. Which is great. And Ignite has the exact same formulation of Enduro. So people are getting those benefits, but it, it has the caffeine. So people want to feel that immediately, you know, right. that immediate energy burst. And, and then it has a Brain Ignite blend in the Ignite that helps with cognitive function with some nootropic ingredients. Um, but the Enduro is where it all started. It has that base formula. And, and if you, you know, look at heart health in America, I mean, we we need some help with, with heart health. It's, it's one of the top killers in America. And so... You know, for me and my family, it gave us a lot of passion to go after with that product. And then to spin off some of the Yeti and, and Ignite um, using the same base formula, we know we're still benefiting people and their heart health. And uh, that's important to us because that's where it all started. That's wild. I, uh, my dad died from a heart attack in, in 2013. He was 55. And so um, I, it, it motivated me in a big way. Yeah to you know rodeo has always been a motivator for me to for my physical fitness you know like you you just if you're gonna ride bucking horses and bulls you just you gotta be fit yep and you you can't be out of shape so so that was always a motivator but as time went on after my dad died I I started you know and hearing Jacobs Crawley who when he told me this I think he might have been uh it was probably it was the year he won the world in 2015, which would have been the fifth year that he made it to the NFR. He's been 10 times, but um, he said three words, and it was quality of life. Yeah, And it, it was one of the first times that it, it really clicked with me that that because um, I'm, I, you know, I was rodeoing heavy, yeah. and I didn't even consider that. Well, I'd been in shape my whole life, so, like, I had that quality of life, and I began to uh, – it began to be an added benefit, like, yes, rodeo, also quality of life. Yeah. And after my dad died, and I thought about it more and more, it was just like longevity of life. Yeah. And it became a huge motivator. And and I can't, I just can't not think about it. You yeah. know, and, and I just, everybody that's been working out and getting after it, you, you, you know, when you've got that little system going and momentum, then you get out of the gym and you get that little bit of like, oh dang, I gotta yep. get back. Like, yep. That's just that just lives in me, um, as I'm sure it does. A lot of people that hundred percent, you know, just thinking about everybody in my family. Like by the time I'm, you know, his age, like I, you, it just puts a deadline on it for me. Yeah. My dad having died, died at fifty five, like, and then because after the Netflix show I went in and they're like, yeah, you got pretty high cholesterol and. Which, who knows, you know, half of the people that die from heart disease have low cholesterol. Who knows yeah. exactly what causes it. But the point is, it just made me think. I was like, oh, dang, that means I have X amount of years mm. left. You know, and it, it was like, 
do you want to know when you die? Because if you keep doing what you, yeah, if you keep going down this path, it's going to be at this year. Yeah. And so that, that's just kind of the way it clicked with me. And so yeah. I had, so I've been, I've been on carnivore diet for like three months. It's a, it's a carnivore mountain ops hybrid. Yeah. That's like awesome. Call it. That's so really cool. It's like all the mountain ops products, carnivore and fruit. But awesome. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, you look at quality of life and time we have, and you might look out and say, I've got about this amount of time. But who knows? It you know it could be tomorrow. We don't know what's guaranteed, and so true. But for me, just not to interject. Yeah, the only thing for me and the way I look at it is like I'm not necessarily. I mean, I could die before fifty five. That part does isn't necessarily what 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 scares me. It's more like I've got I, you know you see people that it it, it was they could have prevented it exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yep. I don't want to die from texting and driving. Yep. I don't want to die because I, you know, ate trash food for the last 30 years of my life. Yeah. You know, like I, I want to be, if, if a trucker falls asleep and crosses over the line, I can't help that. Right. But I want to make wise decisions every day that, that, that lead to me at least whenever I am 54, right. You know, a year before that time comes that I'm able to have some spring in my step and have quality of life. And it's, it's a choice, right? And that's yes, where sir. I was going, going with that. And I, cause I completely agree. There's, there's certain things that could happen. And then there's our choices today that can make the quality of life so much greater. And I think that's where mountain ops is a little different than most supplement companies out there. And even our culture and maybe different than a lot of companies out there, whether it's in the supplement industry or a different channel is that we really focus on quality of life being, uh, this in, in four quadrants, really spiritual, physical, mental, and social. And, and that's what we focus on. That's our conquer more mentality is that every day we have a choice. And today, what are we doing today in each of those quadrants? That's a little better than yesterday and tomorrow, a little better than today. And that's the progress we should be making, you know, progress over perfection. But we feel like overall quality of life and wellness should not just be in a physical realm either. You know, it's gotta be yes, in, sir. in these different realms of life so that we, uh, truly experience quality and uh, with the whatever time we're given. Um, so that's important for us at Mountain Ops at headquarters. We do a monthly Conquer More Challenge. We all have an accountability partner and we all have to set goals within each of those realms. And it's not a lot of goals. It's it's one new goal. Just conquer more, one more. Yes. Yeah, sure. um, and so we, we hold each other accountable to that. We win and lose as a team each month. And then we've tried to take that out to our community um, but we believe you can't give what you don't have, so you first need to be living it yourself. And so that's kind of the culture we've created at Mountain Ops is to to conquer more within our own lives so that we can go out and help others do the same. So the way the economy is right now, you're on an elevator. You got about 90 seconds. Young entrepreneur, like what kind of advice? You've talked about patience, but in a in night, what's what's like the one of the, you got time to talk about one or two principles. What would you tell a young person wanting to start a business in 2023 if a 2008 type scenario could be potentially on the horizon? Yeah. I would tell them never to uh, go against who they are. If they've got a set of core values they've lived by, that they identify by, and that's this is who they are, then stay true to that. No amount of money or success can compensate for failing as, you know, who you are. So stay true to the, whatever core values you've, you believe in. And, uh, hopefully they're core values that benefit the lives of others. And so 
And then from there, I feel like for me, it's being, you know, true to core values that's helped carry me through. It's caused me to help uh, or caused me to make decisions that have led me to where I'm at today. And then finding people that, that have the same core values that I can partner with, that I can grow with. Um, it, this life wasn't meant to go it alone. And so, you know, one of the things we say at Mountain Ops is to connect and conquer. And so find those that you can connect with, with on the same value set and go after your mission, go after your, you know, who you are and what you're about. Um, ultimately, uh, for me, a connection with God to connect and conquer with him and to, to have faith lead you, you know, step out of your comfort zone and, and go into the darkness at times, but do it hand in hand with him and, and know that there's a higher power that can guide and direct you along that path. Cause there's going to be decisions that come up for a young entrepreneur or me and, and, and any of us that we're just going to have to trust in the decisions we're making, but hopefully we can lean on a higher power to get there. Um, one of my biggest surprises as um, a business operator, um, I would say that probably the biggest challenge for me looking at, aside from just trying to make money decisions and manage money, uh, that that one is probably the more taxing um, list on my responsibility mm -hmm. on my list of responsibilities. But one of the things that's most surprising to me is how challenging it would be to manage people. And I don't know. I think I heard you say Mountain Ops has 50. Yep. By the end of this year, we'll employees. have about 60. Yep. So just over 50 right now. That blows my mind, managing 50, 60 employees. And tell me, number one, your thoughts on, on managing those people and the culture of it. Mm -hmm. And then number two, if maybe what was most surprising for you over the last nine years. Yeah. Um, well, you hit on it. Culture, like culture is number one for us for hiring. It's very much culture before talent. Um, and we've, we've stuck with that from the beginning. And so we have people that have been there from the very beginning and we've got, uh, you know, individuals that, that I can't ever see leaving. Now, if they did, we would celebrate that this was a stepping stone in their progress, you know, in their, in their uh, progress in life. And the next step is on to their next adventure and we would celebrate it with them. So that's the kind of culture we've created. And it's been a culture where it's almost like a university of life there at Mountain Ops. We have book clubs, we have leadership trainings. Um, we focus on our core values more than I think many companies out there where there's trainings, there's a, a focused core value of the month, every single month. And we train on it. Part of our conquer more goal is is with that, but I don't manage those individuals all myself, you know, and that's where it comes back to each core value, interdependence being one and trust being another. I've, you know, we've put together a team of individuals and managers and directors that I trust 100%, and and we have this interdependent relationship where they can go and make decisions on their own to manage those team members as long as those decisions are in line with the core values and the brand. The, the brand for me isn't, isn't the mark. It's who we are. It's what we say. It's how we act. It's how we treat people and the core values direct those decisions. And so as long as we are living in, in harmony with those core values and beliefs, we enhance our brand experience with everyone that's involved. If we go against those, then we diminish the experience that everyone has. And so yes, it's very easy for me. I don't like drama. I don't like conflict. Uh, but if there's something that needs to be corrected, it can always be pointed back to a core value. And we can say, okay, where are we off when it comes to trust or service or community or whatever the core value is that we're off on? 
And that is something that from the get-go, people, when they join Mountain Ops, they agree to live. These are the core values that we live by here at Mountain Ops. And that's this is the decision-making factors. And if we go against them, we're going to have to talk about it. So it makes the conversations a lot easier when things need to be corrected. And none of us are perfect, and we understand that. And so creating a culture and an atmosphere where people are safe to make mistakes, safe to to choose, and they make decisions. But then it's a, it's a test, learn, and apply environment. Um, and if you ever cut out that safety for them, you know, if they, they can't make those decisions on their own, it cuts out innovation and creativity and yeah, all sure. that. So, you know, they're volunteering their time to be there at Mountain Ops. Yes, they get a paycheck for it, but they could go somewhere else and work. So, right. you know, we want them to fully believe in the mission and the culture of Mountain Ops and not only volunteer their time, but their heart and their soul. And, and those core values become so much more than words written on the wall. It becomes you know, words written upon their hearts and their actions. And so that's been super important. I forget your second question. What was the most surprising issue you had to deal with over the nine years? For me, it was the people. I just, I thought that was, it's not that I thought it was going to be easy. (laughs) I just didn't think it was going to be that hard. But but was um, there something that surprised you? Yeah, without giving a long answer, I, I think my favorite thing about business is people. And the hardest thing about business is people. You know, there's such a human element and everyone has, you know, sensitivities and feelings and and it's all everyone's are a little different. And so learning to adapt to different individuals while the core values still say the same, the mission still stays the same. That doesn't mean that everyone is the same. Mm-hmm. And that's that's good. You, you know, you want a variety, you want diversity, you want different thoughts and and opinions. But uh, definitely the diff- most difficult thing has been when when somebody is out of line or out of touch or, you know, going against the core values or against what the mission is all about. And that that's difficult because you have to have that, that hard conversation. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm, 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 I don't get to sit down with a lot of CEOs that often. And, and so that, that's just one of those, those questions that, you know, a lot of people out there are, uh, maybe considering starting one thing I've, I have learned though, like, like I always wanted to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And it was mainly because I needed the freedom to also rodeo. Yeah. And so if I were able to do something where I was the boss, I could let myself go work on, you know, go leave work on Thursday and go rodeo for four days. And so, um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that do want to do their own thing, but also, like my number two, Lisa, single mom, five kids, and she, um, um, no grass is growing under her. Mm-hmm. Like this woman works harder than anybody in this whole warehouse. And, but she is completely content with being number two. Like she is so at peace with it. She does not have to have her own thing. She is going to work her buns off and work circles around everyone. But at five o'clock, she's like, all right, you don't need anything else. I'm going yeah. to go see my family, you know, and, and she turns it off and she doesn't have to worry about it. She doesn't have to think about it. She leaves that to me and, uh, and she'll say that, yeah. you know? Um, and so that is a super neat dynamic. That's now awesome. she works so hard because I think you would, you, you probably would agree with this, that a healthy relationship is where each of us are trying to outdo the other. Yeah. Like Romans twelve ten, I think it is outdo one another and doing it. But so, she tries to over deliver to me. I try to over deliver to her, and um, and it works out in her favor, you know, That's paycheck awesome. wise. Yeah. And so I think that that is a is a is a, a prerequisite to that situation. But it 
to me, I, th- I always thought that everybody had to start their own mountain ops. They had to start their own rodeo time, and that's not that's just not the case. Yeah. Because, you know, like Donnie, he's got a dream of rodeo, and he is completely okay with working for me while he chases that yeah. dream. And um, so anyhow, I, I, I just awesome. – I'm curious what 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 you would say to a young entrepreneur in that scenario. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely going to work more than you ever have in your life, and it doesn't come with a lot of breaks. But when you need to take a break and you need to go on a family vacation or whatnot, I mean, I wanted that freedom to be able to say, okay, it's I've got to do this. But it also comes with a sacrifice of time that uh, you have to put the time and attention in when when uh, when five o'clock comes around. It just doesn't stop you know the calls don't stop the messages don't stop um once what what i've found is once i've been able to help you know put together a team uh some of the some of the messages stop but there's different ones that then come if you're on a growth trajectory there's always going to be something new that you're learning and growing and uh relationships that are being built so it it never really turns off and that can be hard on a family um you know my my wife has been incredible and not every uh spouse could be that type of support. Not every home environment could allow for that. Um, but we look at business um, a little different maybe than most business owners where it's not our life. It is a resource to our life and it becomes an asset to do the things that we want to do in life. And we've tried to create a culture at Mountain Ops where we can do a lot of those things and it doesn't have to be just authored by me because you know I'm one of the founders or I'm the CEO. There's a lot of people that have great ideas and we try to incorporate them. And I can be a, uh, you know, an extra in their life and they're the star on their stage. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not the Trevor Farns show at Mountain Ops. It's, it's, uh, you know, everyone, I, their first week there, I usually sit down with them and I say, what were you doing in 2014? And they tell me, and I was like, okay, what you were doing then while we were starting, this was preparing you and it was preparing us for you. And now we're together, you know, God's led us together now at this time. And we're able to utilize all the experience we've gained to add to the culture and the mission that we're all about. And so I try to make sure that each of my team members feels like they have ownership over whatever their roles and responsibilities are. And if they've got a dream to accomplish certain things in life, then I want to be there to support them. And it might happen at Mountain Ops or it might be a stepping stone at Mountain Ops to go to something else. And and that's okay. Um, I I want to be there for them all the way. But um, I would just say for a young entrepreneur getting started, it's it's not a it's not a nine to five. It it, it becomes your life, your life. It becomes you've got to go, you know, just whole heart all in yeah. I, I was laughing just because I thought about that question what were you doing you know 2014 and I think about all my interns you gotta be 21 they're all 21 yeah like, what were you doing 2014 yeah no well, I've asked a few that I was were in, in elementary I was in fifth grade <laughs> and uh <laughs> so I was doing my homework and I was trying to get through fifth grade is what yeah. I was doing yep. what did yeah. you learn in fifth grade that now helps you here yeah it's this it's yeah one of the it was maybe the second intern like he was talking to me about this or that and I was like how old I was trying to I don't remember how the conversation went but I think I got on my first bronc how old were you this year whatever he said five (laughs) (laughs) I got on my first bucking horse when you were five years old but um that's awesome anyhow the the intern program's been fun these guys are they're all super young single nothing to lose well if I could just say one thing that we witnessed today we were talking about it on the drive over here um you you lead in an incredible way as a leader and uh you know these interns are blessed to have you we watched i mean i don't know how many times that shoot opened today and how many bulls came out how many bronx came out but 
um, we watched as every time you would quickly celebrate whatever they did right with them and, you know, cheered them on. You were there. And then, and then after that, you started to show them some things that they could improve upon. And so often in life, I think we just want to be the cheerleader. We don't want to address the bad, but first addressing the good, they respect you and they look to you, they want to know. And then they, because of the love that you share for them and the, that you, you know, you, you're cheering them on and then you set the tone for, okay, now here's what we're going to do to conquer more the next time. Yes, sir. And we, we all watched you do that today. It was incredible to see. And the respect that they have for you, um, was just admirable. So, uh, we've learned a lot by just kind of being a fly on the wall over the last couple of days and, and seeing how you do things. And, and we'll hopefully be able to go back and apply a lot of that in, into our daily lives. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys for sure. You, you know, you saying that and you guys noticing it, I, there's, you know, and each little, each intern is different. You know, Willie, he tends to get so hard on himself. You know, he, he wants it to be perfect so badly and, uh, and that's okay. But, so, like, when I go into a conversation with him, I just got to tell him, like, hey, look, first off, these are the nine things you've done right. So, yep. just shake it off. And then if you want to work on something, it's this. Well, then Donnie today, like, he he had been bucked off that horse maybe the last time he got on her. Hmm. He's ridden her a couple times. But last trip, she kind of, she you know, he had an off day and she had her best day. And um, anyhow, so him riding that bronc, today the way he rode her handled her yep. handled her um there's no re like i just i have nothing let's, let's not even pick apart anything yeah. yep. just all celebration donnie's been on like 200 horses and he's been he's been here four years and he's won checks at most of the rodeos he's been to That's this awesome. year and he'll he'll make their the the little ami finals and here pretty soon he'll get his PRCA permit, then his card, circuit finals. That's then, so then cool because the, the last time I saw him, it was on Netflix. On Netflix. And he was, you know. The was, most gnarly buck-offs you yep. could even imagine. Were. Yep. Then, and probably the rankest buck-offs he's had were in that show. Really? <laughs> That's awesome. But, um, yeah, to watch him today do what he did, and we, I think we had four camera angles with all of our team kind of getting capturing yep. that. We were all excited for him. And, and that's a PRCA bucking horse. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that I mean that's a that's a real deal bucking horse. Like that wasn't a dink bull, you know, or dink dink bronc. That he uh, that was a real one. It's awesome. So yeah, no, yeah, kudos to him. That was incredible. And you could see he was in the zone before getting on yes, that sir. bronc. I mean he he was over there. It's uh, you know what did you say ninety percent uh, mental and the rest is in, in your, your head. head. Yeah, he he was there today. He was there ready to ride. You could tell. And when he came out, I mean it was lights out. It was awesome. Sure. Really cool to capture that. What all different industries, hunting, now, you know, and, and you've been in rodeo, like I'm not the first one rodeo contestant to take mountain ops by any means, but, but what, what other industries, um, physical fitness-wise or, or anything physical sports-wise, that do you see mountain ops, really? Yeah, if you look at the ops mountain, obviously there's a lot of symbolism between in the name of mountain, you're facing mountains daily and, and we're all here to conquer mountains in life. But then the ops is outdoor performance supplements. We will always stay within an outdoor performance realm. And that started with hunting. That's our, that's our core. And it will always be our core. We'll, we'll, always, we will not alienate that core. Um, it's been an incredible audience. It's who we are. We are hunters and we love what we do. 
Um, but then we've we've branched out, but it hasn't been branched out away from hunting. It's been like, uh, you know, law enforcement, military, um, right. uh, tactical. Um, we have a special ops program on our website where where those you know ser- serving in our military and law enforcement uh, can can receive a discount. And so we do a lot with them right now, and you'll see more of that expanded into. Um, some generalized mountain biking, hiking, outdoors, uh, that, that type of thing, camping and such. Um, we're definitely a family-friendly brand, and so all the content we put out is, is family-friendly, and, and the family loves to see it and participate in it. All the events we hold, uh, you know, it's, I want to make sure that anything I do, my kids would be proud of, of being there by my side. And so that's what we've done. We've tried to create a, a family environment to, to keep it that way. And so... Um, but those are some realms we're playing in a little bit now, but we're just scratching the surface. And so we will do more. Uh, honestly, we feel like we're just scratching the surface within the hunting industry. So we've got a long ways to go even there. Um, and we do a lot online and then we have an incredible retail partners. Um, and a lot of them are through farm and fleet type stores that, you know, uh, we need to get it in Teskies and, and be selling oh, yeah. it there, you know, but that's that's our audience. That's our crowd. It's it's God fearing, truck loving, you know, yes, sir. type of individuals. And uh, and so we uh, we'll just continue to expand in that. And with uh, some incredible product launches to come that we're excited about adding to the line. Um, but a lot of people need to be educated on Enduro and on the right. benefits of that. And, you know, we've had these products for such a long time. And so we've got just new customers coming in the door all the time. So we're in a mode of of taking care of those new customers, helping them on their journey, and the transformations that have come through have been incredible. We have thousands and thousands of transformations that uh, have transpired through Mountain Ops and lives that have been changed, and that's that's an awesome, uh, I mean, probably one of the most uh, special parts of what we do is seeing people transform for the better. Yes. Yeah, you guys have a lot of success stories that you can... Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of uh, Transformation Tuesday posts that Mountain Ops there, can quite throw There's quite a few, up. and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's been unreal. Because, I mean, looking back, you know, 12, 13 years ago, it was just we were just getting started, and had I planned on this? No, like I, I wanted things to succeed, but to now see the hundreds of thousands of customers that have now come through the doors and have experienced something with Mountain Ops has been awesome. You know, I've, um, I've done a lot of hunting, in my lifetime, like, you know, we, we were always dove hunting when I was a kid, little bit of deer hunting. Um, I love duck hunting, got really into that. Like the rest of the world did yeah. whenever, um, duck dynasty came along yeah. and, uh, been doing a lot of noodling. Yeah. I, I think the very first time I was introduced to mountain ops though, it was a bullfighter. Hmm. Like I, I just, I remember being in a rodeo setting. Because I remember thinking, like, man, that's a cool name for a company. Who, like was, just the, who was the bullfighter? I, I don't remember. Uh, it was somebody taking it. Shorty? No, it was it was just somebody taking it. They okay. weren't they weren't endorsed by okay. Mountain Ops. They were yeah. just like consuming it, and cool. I was just like, dang, that's a really cool name for a for a supplementation company. And I was like, that's neat. And then um, kind of saw it around just a little bit, and then in in the rodeo industry, and then. You know, started running around with Hannah and Jeff, yeah. and then that's when I really got introduced to it and uh, started using her code. She has a code every yeah, now and then. Yeah, she's got a code. Yeah, there, there's a lot more we need to do in country western cowboy. You know, rodeo. There's there's so much opportunity for us there, and and there, it's relationships with people like you that that help us. You know, 
create awareness in those spaces. So, well, the, and they're all hunters. Yeah, you know, like that. That's definitely. I would say, you know, and I, I'm I'm not gonna just sit here and, you know, fib and act like like Cam, my you know Cam is the elk hunting as I am to rodeo. Yeah. You know, like the passion that he has behind elk hunting, for me, no doubt. I have that behind being a cowboy and being a rodeo cowboy, you know. Um, but some of the things that, you know, but 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 we both have that same lifestyle mindset, you know. Yeah. Man stuff. Man stuff all man the way. Man stuff. Yep. Right. Hardcore man stuff. That's exactly. Awesome. So anyhow, that's that's where it's been uh it's been it's been awesome to watch the mountain ops journey. As far as trajectory though, so like people i'm sure a lot of people are like man y'all y'all blew up well it's been nine years yeah how would you how would you map out the trajectory of the success of the company has it has it been gradual was it it was pretty pretty quick but you gotta um what some people don't see is that there was you know four and a half five years of another business that started creating products and developing products through doctor's offices so we had an established line of products that had already been vetted by doctors that um, kind of stood the test of time. We saw the results. We saw the benefits through a lot of people. So when we started Mountain Ops, it wasn't just a fingers crossed prayer you said, bet. like, we hope that this product works. We we knew that it worked and we had validation on that. Um, and so knowing that the product worked. You we, weren't going to make the franchise mistake again. Weren't going to make that again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, so many lessons learned there, but we had already played in the space, had experience. Um, but, you know, bringing on partners that understood how to speak to the hunting audience and this hunter athlete movement that we were going after was, was super critical for this to succeed. You, you've got to have multiple elements to the success and some of those elements, you know, it's brand, it's um, mission, it's product, and then you have to have distribution yes, and sir. you have to have at least two of those to start to succeed. And we had an incredible mission uh, we had an incredible product, and then once we branded it as Mountain Ops, it resonated super well, and our brand almost looked greater than our distribution. It did. I mean, it was bigger than our distribution. Right. Now our distribution's grown quite a bit, um, but there's plenty more for us to go get. And so we're, you know, we're still a majority of our our, our traffic and um, sales are online through our website, but the wholesale side, the retail side, is growing into the farm and fleet to the cowboy stores. I mean, that's that's where you can find us a lot of the time. Um, and then in some grocery and convenient type shops. And, and so we've got a long way to go there. Um, but we're easing into that in a way that is um, that, that allows us to scale the right way. Going back to the franchise deal, I don't want to go too big or too quick in any realm. I want to make sure that we are speaking well to it, that we have the infrastructure to support the growth. And, and that's kind of what we did. But when we launched Mountain Ops, it it hit the market quick and it, it went fast because there with this movement, there wasn't another brand kind of leading it from a consumable standpoint. So we started market, we started collaborating with brands like Yeti and Sidka and, and Under Armour. They, they saw the power of what our brand was and we had a product that had some history. It wasn't just like, okay, day one, let's see how this works. And so that added some credibility to the mix. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've still, still got a great way to go. Um, and all the right, pieces to the recipe to to make that happen has the apparel side of your brand surprised you and how far it's i mean i feel like it's like a, a legitimate like i was at the nfr and i remember seeing multiple mountain ops like t-shirts or caps at the nfr and um 
I, I began to realize just how big that side of it was. Yeah. Has that always been kind of a vision of yours? Uh, a, a vision of our, of ours, you know, like I, yeah, I go back to creating this with the right partners that we, we created a brand and a name that, uh, that wasn't Hunter's nutrition or, or su- hunting supplements. Like that wouldn't be cool to wear. Right. It was, it was mountain ops. It was a brand that people would want to wear. It looked cool. So it had the right look and feel. Um, and then because of what we're offering through a community, um, we've broken down some barriers and some walls and people hire us to do a few things, either to, you know, help them feel a part of a connected community to lose weight or to gain strength. And that community aspect is so important. And some, sometimes their first purchase is a shirt or a hat. So a decent, um, I would dare say probably bigger than most supplement companies, our apparel line is, you know, is, is quite a, a, a decent piece of our business and to have thousands of walking billboards out there, but it means something to them. They've connected with the brand right. in a unique way. Uh, through COVID, you saw a lot of disconnection with people, you know, but the Mountain Ops community, in, in my opinion, was what held them together in many regards. Um, we were in the outdoors and the outdoor industry was blowing up during COVID. Mm-hmm. People were getting outdoors and we were in wellness. We were in the supplement space. And these were two industries that had these major growth. And we were right in the middle of both of them yes. uh, for that growth. But I believe the apparel has grown and that 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 has just blown up for us because we've built a community that people trust, you know, and then the the brand looks cool to wear as well. So um, similar, yeah, similar to this right here. There I mean, you go. That Dale Brisby rodeo time tee. Um, it's super cool. Like, like the, the interns out there, you guys gave them all some hoodies and shirts and caps. And, uh, I just, I know I'm one of them. Willie's already wearing his. W- Willie ripped his shirt off and, uh, yeah. put it right on. And, uh, yeah, I guarantee awesome. you there'll be three or four more that are wearing on Monday when they come back. And there's oh. some some bag envy out there too. I think. Yeah. Uh, and then Donnie. Uh, Donnie grabbed. Hey, the bag. what are you gonna do with the yeah. bag? All <laughs> <though, man>? And <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, we're gonna send we're gonna send your team some bags. I mean, we saw the rodeo equipment they had. And uh, and one of the bags we have in particular is just perfect for that. I think Donnie has a, that bag, too. So yep. Donnie's got two bags now. Donnie's got two Mount um, bags. And it was laying out there in the dirt by the arena, and uh, the, the other guys said it's the perfect bag for all their gear, so we're going right. to get that out. Our, our VP of product will be happy to, to hear that it's working well in, in rodeo. Yeah, we call them rigging bags. Rigging. Rigging. R-I-G-G-I-N. Okay. Rigging bags. The Mountain Ops the rigging, rigging bag. bag. Hey, the, there we go. I the hope Mountain Ops we'll Dale Brisby rigging bag. <laughs> Ryan Ward at Mountain Ops. The Mountain Ops Dale Brisby rigging bag. And go. I and I think we came up with something too for a signature flavor today. Of of what what, what I mean, you you tell me what your favorite product is, but uh, um, you know, it was the Old Sun Super Punch. Super Punch. Yeah, the Old Sun <laughs> Super Punch. I we've got to we've got to create that and come out with it. So. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, that's awesome. We've got some work to do. I'm down. Yeah, anything really. I don't know if it's gonna be uh, that Cam Haynes pineapple, the the BCAAs. Yeah, that stuff that's is pretty unbelievable. I mean, pineapple's a, done well for us, and the pineapple. Cam Haynes BCAAs is unreal. So yeah, well, it makes sense now that you know that Enduro is also the same formula as what's in Ignite, but yep. it has caffeine. Is the same as Yeti, yep. which is the pre-workout, which has a few more products in it. And those three, that's we call my that day. our trifecta. I take the trifecta yep. every day. Yep. If I'm not jogging that morning for hip pain related issues I've had lately, mm-hmm. then I'll start with Yeti yep. and then ignite at lunch. And then if I need to pick me up in the afternoon, it's the Enduro. That's 
100% my daily routine right really? there. Yep. And then BCAs I drink throughout the day. I definitely drink them in, you know, inner workout. Um, and then I throw Magnum in as a post-workout protein. Yep. Um, back a few years ago, I was trying to put on some, some muscle weight and I'd take ammo at night. A lot of people use that as a weight loss tool. Uh, to suppress appetite, but also kind of um, leave them feeling satisfied. It's got four and a half servings of real fruits and veggies in every serving, and so you ammo does ammo does your your mom can be proud that you're getting your fruits and veggies every day, and and so that that product's incredible. But it's also got a casein protein that's more slowly absorbed into the body. So if you want to gain muscle and weight, then you take it at night before you go to bed, and it will it will work with your muscles to protect them through the night. And so I use that for a, a long period of time to just put on a little bit more muscle mass, but. How has the creatine taken off? Oh, my goodness. I think the first batch sold out in two weeks, and it was one of those products that's just kind of an add-on product, you know, but it's one of the most used supplement ingredients in the history of supplements. Right. And so a lot of people just, once they're using creatine, they, they want to stick to it. And so it's been, it's been awesome to us, and we've had a few of those. Right before COVID, we launched uh, our immune product two weeks before. No Dang. crystal ball, obviously. And again, just kind of God's timing on certain things, even in business. That's our, our thing says we recognize God even in the workplace and acknowledge yeah. his hand in all things. And so some of these products are just the, the timing is inspired. And uh, immune was one of those right before COVID. So. Yep. Yeah. STM straight to mouth. Straight to mouth. We've yep. got that in the biotics and probiotics and then uh, multivitamins and the immune and now electrolytes as well and that's they're all safe for kids as well those those stms that they are a lot of people rip them off pour them straight to mouth we tried to keep create them like a pixie stick so kids right. can eat it like candy but a lot of people mix it into water and, and just drink it i like to mix those into my yeti or my ignite in the mornings and i don't get i usually don't get enough water anyway as well yeah. i'll mix them be yeah. an excuse to get yeah. more water yeah you drink them diluted right but uh the last product i gotta bring up is uh, the slumber. Oh, gosh. I've got, I'm, I'm going to try these other flavors you're talking about, but I can't get off of salted caramel. I'll tell you what. I don't think I'm going to need slumber tonight after a, a day of ranching. Actually, but. those aren't. That's <laughs> not the last product I'm going to talk about. The Those new crunch bars. Oh, yeah. Conquer Crunch. Conquer Caramel Crunch. Son of a gun. That <laughs> tastes better than a Snickers or a Milky Way. That's, yeah, it's, it uh, doesn't seem right that it could be healthy for you. But I was taking this stuff before you guys picked me up. And if you guys drop me tomorrow, then I'm, I mean, those things are worth, jokes on y'all, I'd have paid more. Yeah. That's all I got yeah. to say. No, those are unreal. Those were ones that we launched right after COVID, I think in June of 2020. And um, we launched three different flavors, and that one went the quickest. But then Caramel had a shortage during COVID. So oh, dang. So it was out of stock for a period of time. And so when it came back just recently, um, they've just been flying off the shelves because people have loved them. The, the other, the peanut butter and the, and the um, uh, chocolate mudslide, that, that's the triple chocolate mudslide. Those are really good as well. But the one does taste like a Snickers or better. And uh, But back to slumber, like that's... If you Google sleep online, it's one of the most searched terms out there. And so we, you know, we have yeah. a, a sleeping product that we've had for years now, and it's got our, our hibernate blend um, of ingredients to help you just kind of naturally fall to sleep at night and, and get a restful sleep. And that's been critical. I mean, for guys like me, and I'm sure you, like, it's hard to turn your brains off at night. Again, you're thinking about business, you're thinking about family, you're thinking about whatever you have to g going on. For me, it's hard to turn the brain off. And so... Mm -hmm. That just, you know, drinking that, such enjoyable flavors. You got to try the, the, the cocoa, the slumber I cocoa. Will. 
there's uh the chai as well is incredible but you like the the uh, salted caramel salted caramel yeah well, and, uh, that's awesome but and i went on a trip i went to a booth a couple weeks ago and um we had been going all day and i drank too much caffeine going and i go and i'm like my mind is racing and the airbnb was right next door to cvs so i went in there and got um some some well i, I mean i better not say the product but it, it was just <laughs> like a gummy and it was like i i don't know what how many milligrams of melatonin in it but i mean i slept like 10 hours and then slept like too much yeah and then did not feel good all day get groggy and, and it just kind of yeah. reminded me of uh how I feel after slumber, slumber, yeah. you know, like I can wake up and I can still function. Like I'm going to sleep good. I'm going to sleep all night and I'm going to wake up and feel good. Yep. And I know that sounds maybe like a record or something, but that's just, that was just that's my awesome. experience, you know? And, um, anyways, I, I don't take it every night, but, um, because there's some days like today where, you know, you, you just g- know you're going to hit the pillow. You get up at four, we work out, we ranch, we rodeo and, you know, come 8 30 like you're looking for somewhere yeah. to bed down and, yep. and uh so i don't necessarily have to, I, I, but man anyway yeah no i appreciate home you run product. those products appreciate it yeah we've, we've got a lot of fans out there enjoying these products so it's been fun to watch cool well we usually wrap these up with um life advice kind of like a motto that you live by or a sentence that has impacted you and uh I mean, this, that's what this whole podcast has been really, you know, your story of that. But if there's been like, if you could think of like a, a line that you would end with. That's a good question right there. A line. I need to come up with my line. Um, I shared a, a quote, shared two quotes earlier. They rise highest to lift as they go. And you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. Uh, so I would say that's how I conquer in life. That's how I conquer more. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to, because of the stories you've shared, I'm going to steal one from Tough Hedeman. Donnie and I say it all the time, but take a chance. Columbus did. Nice. And that's what you did with Mountain Ops. Love that. So thank you guys for listening. We're on to the next one. Please check out mountainops.com. Um, sign up for the, the text messages. Just, Occasionally, there may be like a free ship opportunity, something like that, the emails. But you got to get your hands on some Ignite. Got to get your hands on uh, whatever whatever health needs you have. Mountain Ops more than likely has something to help you accomplish that. So check that out. Check out the social media. Trevor, um, the whole team, they're experiencing different things with ambassadors like myself. So uh, you guys have a great day. Drink your Ignite, and we're on to the next one, old son. Pow, pow. Thank you.